Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 192 of Geek Town Radio. We're back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. We've been talking about the news earlier this week. It's definitely an appropriate week for you to be on. <laughs> yes, um, yes. There's a lot of stuff which relates to things that you like. So um, uh, before we get into any of that, what have you been up to? Well, I've got Carl Pilkington on my list because uh, I've been watching a lot of his stuff, uh, a lot of which is available on Sky or Now TV or whatever. Yes. And uh, aside from the Ricky Gervais show, which was the animated one, which I have seen all of that, that finished a, a few years ago, but that's yeah. brilliant as well. And it's just a good laugh with like Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington and uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, so, it's basically um, they took the podcast and animated yeah. them, didn't they, pretty much? <laughs> yeah, that's really good. It's funny. Um, but I watched uh, Idiot Abroad 3. Of course, I've seen the other two, but the third one adds a Warwick Davis. Oh, it's hilarious, it, that one. Yes. Yeah, and it's interesting the way they do that because with the first two series, it's like Stephen Merchant and Ricky would like send Carl somewhere, but he'd be mostly on his own. Of course, he'd have a guy to like, okay, see this person in this place and then do, do this and that. But like him and Warwick uh, in the third one have like different ideas of stuff they want to do. And yeah. then it's like, okay, it's my turn to do something. Okay, it's his turn to do something. And it's just interesting for him to have like a little bit more of a guide in the third season. The third season's uh, only three episodes, but it ends quite well as well with like a bungee jump thing that, that happens. Yeah. Um, and it's always interesting to see just Carl's thoughts and ideas on different ways of doing things and different ways of life. Because he sees some things as like, okay, this is a hassle. Don't bother. We should be doing this thing this way or that way yeah. uh, and other things are like yeah I really enjoyed that and and like it surprises him yeah. um, so it's interesting to see him come out of the, the different sides and stuff and yeah it's just a really good sort of uh, travel thing and of course I wouldn't really be interested if it was somebody doing it that I wasn't interested in of course yeah. I'm interested in uh, the, th- the three of them and Warwick Davis as well in the first two seasons it was a lot of Stephen going like hey I, I would really like to go to this place you're lucky Carl that I'm sending you here but of course Carl doesn't necessarily appreciate the places as much um, yeah. because they're places he normally like wouldn't go to yeah. and stuff so I find that I found that very interesting and then the other thing he's in that I watched apart from Sick of It that was his his uh, scripted sitcom. comedy thing yeah. that, he, that he made yeah the other thing is uh, The Moaning of Life which yeah. is yeah. him actually on his own I don't think Ricky's involved in that or Stephen's involved in that but the idea there instead of him traveling around more of course he is doing that anyway is he learns different cultures ways of like doing specific yeah. different things yeah. so like birth marriage death and and like funerals 
animals and all, all that all those sorts of uh, like life things like in the recent episode that i watched there's this 91 year old woman i want to say 92 year old woman and uh she has this uh, her idea of life is like you should live every day as if it if, as if it might be your last yeah and she goes skydiving quite often i can't right, remember yeah. how often they said that she does it carl sort of makes this joke that is like that the woman kind of agrees with which is carl says okay if you if your parachute doesn't open the next time you go you're 91 and you've kind of lived whereas he goes okay i'm like 44 whatever he says he is he says like okay i've got, clearly got like a lot more time left yes um, and he and that's why he says first of all that, that he won't do it he goes in the plane with her and he's like watching her do this thing and he's like oh god she's gonna like like messes up or whatever and uh as soon as she actually jumps out carl goes i can't see her she could have gone into the uh the, the blades for her though whatever <laughs> and um yeah it's just interesting to see him kind of navigate these things yeah and yeah stuff like that so. yeah he's i just love his outlook on life i yeah, i love carl's outlook yeah. on life it's hilarious and mm. uh, unintentionally funny because a lot of people accuse him of being a character and everybody around him says no no he is genuinely like that yeah so. and there's time that if you want like more on, on him after after you watch those there's tons of like stuff on youtube with, yeah. with ricky just like talking to him about stuff and uh ricky just finds him so hilarious so yeah uh, and he always make, he always laughs at his head because he says carl your head is like perfectly round yeah <laughs> so um yeah it's quite yeah. interesting and the, the, the sitcom three. the sitcom's back um sick of it he's he's coming back for a second season as well so yeah. you know he's done brilliantly and yeah like he does moan at a surprising amount of stuff but he also enjoys a surprising amount of stuff as well so yeah uh you never you never quite know what you're going to get out of him whenever he goes to do a new activity so that's interesting yeah kingdom on netflix it's a new uh korean netflix series and it's basically this Korean samurai type people and uh, I won't spoil how the zombies come about because it's actually quite interesting to see how that comes around because they do explain basically the virus that like the explanation right. of the virus quite well and these things happen and obviously like it's quite clear that they don't know what to do with these things or, or what they are like what they're doing yeah um, there's a nice twist with it as well which is a bit similar to uh, Dying Light I don't know if uh, you're familiar with that game but basically they had this day night cycle in the show where like like the zombies seem to not be awake during the day. Right, okay. And then at night is when they they start like waking up. Um, so it gives you this interesting balance of like, okay, let's let's cut to a night scene where they're having to deal with zombies and they're killing people and all that kind of stuff. And then they cut to a day scene where they develop the characters more, tell you more about, you know, what these people are actually doing and that sort of stuff. Because there's a whole like political sort of war type thing going on as well. I found it quite easy to watch if I, I turned off the subtitles and then put on the English dub so that way the English dub that was off with the subtitles didn't clash with that because they would say a similar line but it wouldn't be exactly what the subtitle right, would okay, say yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah it, before I, I sort of actually had it like that for about 20 minutes of the first episode and I was like okay this is clearly working so I'll just I'll just keep it on this sure sometimes the like lip syncing is obviously off with that yeah. as well because they're, they're saying things differently yeah. but uh, it works quite well and everything oh good um, and yeah the production value behind it is really really good it's interesting because I've seen a lot of comparisons to this with The Walking Dead obviously because mm. even with all the zombies shows out there The Walking Dead's still basically the yeah. leading the, one yeah. the way I compare the two of them is The Walking Dead has characters characters that you know more and you care about more and they come obviously from a comic book and stuff but there's clearly more budget being put into this and more more effort being put into like the production and stuff right yeah like with the, with the lighting of the day night stuff and um just just with all the kind of 
costume design and everything that goes into the production. I also just had these crazy scenes where there's about seven people trying to get in a door and there's maybe 30 to 50 zombies just running at them, just relentlessly just <laughs> running. Not quite at the speed of like a World War Z sort of sprinting zombie. It's it's somewhere in the middle between like a Walking Dead zombie and a World War Z zombie where they're sort of like, they're running at like a middle sort of pace. So they are definitely a threat as well. And they'll have these scenes where like someone gets bitten on the hand and they turn within about 10 seconds because they die within about four seconds and then somewhat later they'll they'll turn and then they'll just obviously go on to the next person so it really doesn't slow down in that way because you're not sort of waiting two days for someone to turn or something right yeah, yeah. uh and sort of, and that sort of thing but it's only six episodes they're about an hour each although i think there's two that are about 45 minutes uh i've got one episode left and yeah it's just been really really enjoyable so yeah. obviously obviously at the moment i don't really know like the characters and i haven't really distinguished them and that sort of stuff but the two that they make clear is the doctor and the guy that's called, referred to as your highness who i assume is he's some sort crown, of king or, or crown something. prince crown yeah, prince yeah. i believe he is yeah and obviously those two characters they, they try to keep safe as well um yeah. yeah they don't shy away from killing characters and and that sort of stuff and it's uh it's really really good it is appa- it's it. apparently based off a web comic series called the okay. kingdom of the gods if you want to go and look that up but uh yeah so it might be worth looking up as well but uh yeah no that sounds interesting it's nice to hear that the um the dub seems to work reasonably well as well which could sometimes that can be a bit iffy but um yeah, yeah i remember when i watched uh dark on netflix the dub didn't work very well with that right okay. um but uh yeah it, it was just switched on that way and then i just sort of watched it as it went on yeah uh, so that was good as well speaking of like horror and zombies but yes. different types of zombies uh resident evil 2 remake came out i played some of it i sent the game back a bit too early i sort of like rage quit it in a, in a way and, and right. sent it back yes uh, but, but i'm gonna, that's, I'm, I'm that's gonna get reason, back and uh finish the game so that's the reason i don't play resident evil games <laughs> right i got into basically a uh, situation where there was about five of the zombie dogs they were all in this little parking lot that i needed to go to and i had just like no supplies on me whatsoever so yeah i yeah, yeah. I, i'm not hugely into horror games anyway and the resident evil ones just annoy the hell out of me so i i tend not to uh play them because i find them quite tricky but you know I, it's a huge franchise and people love it and there's a new tv series potentially coming so <laughs> yeah yeah if it takes any inspiration off of this remake then it, it should be very good so yeah. i'm actually quite eager to jump back in and just give it another try right. so i was i wasn't dying much if at all it was more just the case of running out of supplies and being like okay how do i get past this without being attacked so i also put the game on normal where i should have put it on easy because it's got things like auto aim and you get more resources and and stuff like that so that's pretty good as well headmaster for psvr i know it's not got anything to do with the high school teacher thing um it's basically this game where it's in the the psvr so the playstation's uh, vr system you basically use your head to you know head the ball into the goal like you physically move around your head and you you don't use the controller it actually gets to a point where uh because you obviously you click on the game you navigate like continue to career and stuff and uh, it says okay you can put the controller down now because it will only use your head um even to navigate the menus like you'll look at a, a button and it will highlight and get clicked on if you know what i mean right um it's quite yeah. difficult to kind of get used to it does emphasize don't use your neck muscles too much use more of like rocking your body back and forth to get the power of the ball because there will be some shots that will seem very very far away but you can get them I see. um 
and uh, you essentially go through 42 lessons, I think. And then in between those, you'll have what's called exams. There's a whole twist to like the story and what's going on, which is quite funny, but I won't spoil that. You have to go through four exams as well, which obviously they're much more difficult than the, um, the lessons. You get to a point where um, you have to score so many points to get one, two or three stars. And even though you can unlock the first, second, third exam, you'll have to have a certain amount of stars. So there was points where I right. would be like, okay, I've unlocked exam two, but I need three more stars. So you'll go back and you'll do some of the other lessons and that you need about 72 in total to reach the final exam and uh, yeah that final exam itself is really really hard there's these like machine things that shoot balls out at you but there's like six of them and they're round in a circle they shoot out individually and you have to hit the red bit right in the middle if you miss it slightly it won't count right. and then there's all sorts there's all sorts of other like special balls you can get though because there's like bomb ones there's like a, a multi-ball thing you can get which is where it shoots out like a big cluster of sort of balls of like smaller ones and then you, you head that and it sort of spreads around so it's, it makes it easier to hit certain targets right. and then there's um, golden balls which is like double points and stuff so there's ways to get around the more difficult stuff but no it's very very challenging and uh, it introduces other things like bowling you have to like head the bowling ball with your head and, <laughs> and score with that it has um like a beer pong kind of game and you have to right. very lightly head it because obviously the little pong ball is very very light and it will just go so yeah. um very very interesting i would recommend obviously like once you it, it does recommend that if your neck gets a bit tired or your back gets a bit tired do take a break because especially with the final exam i took like two weeks off from the game i came back in and i did the final test within about an hour so because obviously right. i was very determined to like beat it and stuff and i thought you know what this is one of the situations where i need to step away for for a little bit so yeah, i stepped yeah. away for like a whole two weeks i was playing other stuff in that time um but then i came back and beat it so that was very good as well cool that's one i might go and look up sounds interesting i think that there is a demo it's either on the demo disc one or two i can't remember which one but just okay. download them both and then check it out uh, and it's got a free demo of that as well so that's pretty cool. good yeah. so uh for me this week uh finish russian doll which is this um groundhog day-esque TV show that uh, has been running on Netflix and I think I was about halfway through it when I, we talked about it uh, last week um, so I've now finished that interesting strange quirky little series that uh, I mean is is a comedy but it's got a kind of slightly more serious side to it as well it's about this girl who is is trapped in this endless time loop of of this party essentially as the show goes on because I, as I said last week I wasn't sure how they were going to kind of manage to stretch that concept out over a whole series but as the show goes on she sort of does get to move on a little bit further but every time she gets killed in the you know she dies then they end up back at the start point again it's interesting how they've structured it and they've managed to expand it out i don't want to give away anything about the show because there are events in it that sort of take it in a in a different direction to maybe the direction you maybe think that it's going in i found it really intriguing different kind of quirky if you like things yeah like the good place it's not it's not that sort of uh -huh. as broad <laughs> yeah exactly uh not it's, it's not quite as broadly humorous as the good place but mm -hmm. it's got that kind of off the wall weirdness to it that <laughs> i rather like great acting throughout i i really enjoyed it and um i'm hoping to to see a bit more of it but yes finish season one of that hopefully they'll bring it back again but i thought that was a really really interesting series when i finished kingdom which i've only 
got one episode left of anyway, so I'll probably finish that today. I'm going to go to Russian Doll and then go back to uh, The Wire. So Right, yeah, yeah. The other new show that I watched this week, New Amsterdam, which is a medical drama which weirdly was picked up by Amazon Prime. And it's a perfectly good medical drama. It's set at a hospital in New York, which is the only public-funded hospital in the US. If you know anything about the US medical system, it's basically all insurance. They don't have something like the NHS where you get free medical care. So this is the only hospital in America that actually does that. They've got Ryan Eggold, who is, you'll know from The Blacklist. He comes in as the new director of the place and decides to shake things up a bit. And immediately, I'm not giving anything away because it shows this in the trailer, but he basically comes in and he's, his key phrase is, how can I help? And he asks sort of this question to a to the gathered staff because nobody will answer him the first thing that comes out of his mouth is right if you're in the cardiac unit hold your hands up you're all fired because they're basically putting the amount of money that they get for patients in front of actual patient care so you know that that sort of sets the tone of how he's he's going to be performing so there's there's sort of somewhat housian elements in there it's it's got a little bit of house kind of mixed in it's interesting and and kind of different to some of the other medical dramas out there it's been renewed for a second season first nine or ten episodes are now up on um amazon prime and then the subsequent episodes are being added on weekly as it goes out in the u.s but uh yeah if you're a fan of ryan eggold if you're a fan of medical dramas i mean as i say i don't know why it's on amazon prime it would fit perfectly on you know universal or or sky witness but if you if you're a fan of medical dramas it's well well worth going to watch it's really solid decent medical drama that uh, and the other thing on Amazon Prime is The Expanse, which uh, season three and, well, and season one and two have just landed on Amazon Prime. Uh, season four is coming later in the year. I'm about five episodes into season three at the moment. And what I like about season three is they've streamlined the story quite a lot. Season two had about five different story strands going at once. And it got very, very confusing and it took quite a lot to follow the second season. Season three has kind of pared that down. There are a couple of different story strands but they're sort of intertwined so it's a lot easier to follow what's going on in the third season than what was what was going on in the second uh but it's still brilliant it's one of the best sci-fis on tv and uh really really worth watching i'm so happy that amazon rescued it for a for a full season so i'm very much looking forward to the rest of that coming back as i say i'm about halfway through season three at the moment so uh i'm thoroughly enjoying it uh, i'm looking forward to to seeing season four when that arrives yeah i wonder what what it's going to be like going from some small network like sci-fi to somewhere big like amazon if that will uh change it for for good as well so, well i mean I, it, yeah. it's difficult because the production values i mean it, although it was made for sci-fi it's made by an outside company mm-hmm. um but the production values on it were always fantastic some of the uh, space stuff and you know particularly the battles and the big sequences look incredible i mean they they really do an amazing job with the cgi work on it so i suspect moving it to amazon can only give them more money so you know yeah, um, yeah. it's it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see 
but um, yeah, I'm very, very, very enjoyable. And uh, it seems like the Expanse is one of them shows has got like a kind of a small fan base, but that small fan base like is really dedicated to it. So yeah, um, and, and hopefully with it landing on somewhere like Amazon, which is you know uh, yeah. quite popular and everything, that it will get more of an audience. So because uh, it seems like it it deserves it as well. I, I haven't started the third season. I did watch the uh, first and second, but I just haven't got to this this third, third one yet. So yeah, as I say, if you haven't seen the Expanse before and you have Amazon Prime, the first three seasons are now on there so if because it, it was originally on netflix over here and then because amazon bought it for the fourth season right. it's sense. now all moved across onto amazon prime so um yeah you can you can watch the first three seasons now and then the fourth season is coming later in the year but if you're a fan of sci-fi it is really really worth watching so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week and let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs> We kick off the TV and film news this week with the Renault's cancellations and pickups. First cancellation, Legion, is going to have one final season. So uh, season three will be its last. Personally, I think this is probably a good thing. I I mm. think that there is only so long they can stretch out this same story. And it is a very kind of interconnected story. You know, season one was very connected to season two. I very much felt they lost their way in season two. Uh, they they were being weird for the sake of being weird because season one was brilliant. It was it was very yeah. odd and strange, but they managed to keep the storyline together. Season two, I felt that they were just being weird for being weird in places, and mm-hmm. it, it was not really moving the plot on. They very much stretched it out over the entire season and I, I wasn't as big a fan of season two so it'll be interesting to see where they go with season three and uh, this will sort of wrap everything up so they've announced it prior to it being aired so I'm assuming that they knew this was going to be the third season I think actually that it was the creator that decided that it was going to be a three season show anyway so it should wrap up perfectly well and will be a nice little self-contained thing so uh, so that's something to I, look out for. Yeah, I think that once this Fox merger with Disney goes through, the outside of Agents of Shield and Runaways, because those are on ABC and, and Hulu, I think that uh, what's it that Legion and, and Gifted and Marvel Netflix shows will probably all get some sort of not necessarily reboot, but they'll be like sort of restart, yeah. not restarted, but like brought yeah. onto the new networks or whatever. Well, so. I, they 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 may be. Um, I suspect you might lose. Well, these. not Legion because it's got a third to final season, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Something like like Gifted, the Gifted, I I suspect may not survive, but you may see characters that have popped up in Gifted pop up in other yeah. things, probably paid by new people. I mean, once that merger goes through and they have full control of of all the mutant and X Men stuff, there will be something that they end up doing with that, which merges them, I think, into the wider MCU. Uh, how that happens, we don't yet know but I, I suspect the next phase of the movie franchise will start to introduce mutants. But we'll yeah, have to wait and see what they do. Especially after all the Thanos stuff has been sorted out in, in Endgame as yeah, well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I suspect they may use the the whole Thanos and what the events of this next movie may be used yeah. to springboard mutants into uh, existence in that universe. Because we're certainly going to get X-Men rebooted. This Dark Phoenix thing is probably going to be last of McAvoy run and all that. Yeah, um, yeah, very And possible. Fantastic Four obviously will probably get rebooted. We probably won't see the, the teenage versions of, of those again. I wouldn't have thought um, so, no. What's the other one? Dead, Deadpool, they said that they're keeping that R-rated and it's a little bit of its own thing anyway. Deadpool. Yeah. And so I De- assume that that's De- going to stay the same way. Deadpool is something that can sit outside 
and sort of poke fun <laughs> at the yeah. the wider MCU because it's got that fourth wall breaking thing which it had in the comic books where he talks directly to the reader and it and it's the same with the movies so I think there'll probably be some jokes in there about the merger as well y- yeah in, it's uh, it's quite possible yes yeah, quite possible yeah. that when the next Deadpool movie comes out that they will probably uh, make jokes about that and and I suspect they will keep it somewhat at arm's length, which I think is probably the best thing to do for Devil. Um, Other shows, Modern Family is coming to an end with its 11th and final season. Uh, And 11 seasons for a comedy is still, you know, I mean, this has been on the cards for a while. That's a phenomenal run. I never really watched Modern Family. I know there's a huge fan base out there for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, 11 seasons is a great run for it. I think my auntie watches that. I'm not sure. (laughs) It's either Modern Family or one of the other ones that's very similar. Yes. So, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's been so I mean, yeah, yeah, I think with sitcoms anywhere between eight and twelve-ish seasons. I mean, Always Sunny just finished its thirteenth or fourteenth season, I think, uh, and Big Bang's finishing with its twelfth. So anywhere between those sorts of numbers, you know, like Friends was ten, How I Met Your Mother was what nine. So yeah. So yeah, anywhere between there, I think is good. That's a phenomenal run. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think people knew that it was probably going to come to an end, but it's better to go out on top than to run the thing into the ground. So um, mm-hmm. over on Sci-Fi UK, they've picked up the UFO drama, which I think was a history show drama in the US, but uh, Project Blue Book, which is about the sort of disproving, it's a it's a drama disproving UFOs, essentially. That's what Project Blue Book was. It was a thing, it was the, so it's kind of X-Files, Esque um, okay. in the in the setup, but it's based on on a real historical thing, which was this Project Blue Book, which was set up in the sixties. Uh, what happened to X Files? Did it finish, um, or did they not really decide that? <laughs> they, it, it sort of got abandoned. I mean, it came back right. and that yeah for the two reboot uh, revival seasons. Yeah, yeah for the revival seasons, and I think they kind of said that's it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not going to come back because I, I think Gillian Anderson said she didn't want to do it anymore, and the only way they would bring it back, I think, now would be with the original two people. So. Um, mm. Yeah. That, that was it basically so yeah Project Blue Book which uh, I know a number of people want to see but that is coming to Sci-Fi UK in March which I'm very much looking forward to uh, news popped up today of uh, a documentary true, true crime documentary series coming the 1st of April to Sky Atlantic and Now TV called The Case Against Anand Syed which if you're a fan of the Serial podcast which is absolutely brilliant if you've never mm. listened to the Serial podcast it's superb he was the guy that was featured on the second season of that so the case has been fairly high profile this is a four-part documentary series which uh, has interviews with friends and family and stuff and them trying to get the case reopened because he was convicted of this murder on some very shaky evidence so um it's basically a, a sort of tv dive into into that but if you're a fan of a serial podcast that will be one that's definitely worth watching coming to sky atlantic on the 1st of april speechless the show starring mini driver has finally finally got a uk home and it's coming to e4 they've said soon so it's sometime in the next few months we don't know exactly when yet that's going to land on e4 which mini driver originally said that it was landing on channel 5 and then made some sarcastic remark about it being stuck between world's fattest bodies and reruns of something you know she was like not happy about the fact that channel 5 had taken it uh, uh, now we that's don't true. yeah i mean that's yeah, true. absolutely true but uh 
she wasn't overly happy about that. Uh, we I don't know what happens to that. Whether Channel 5 bought it and didn't air it, which, uh, you know, we know they've done before with things like Gotham, or whether the, she got it wrong and the deal hadn't been finalised, don't know. But E4 now has it. It will be coming soon to them. I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing it. It's about a, a woman with... A, uh, a bunch of children, one of you, whom is disabled and sort of what that entails. It's a comedy, basically, about dealing with that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that because I think she's great and it looks like a really interesting series. Over on ITV, they've commissioned Belgravia, which is from Danton Abbey's Junior Fellows. It's a adaptation of his other novel that isn't Danton Abbey, basically. They're going to do a six-part adaptation of that. That's one to look out for if you find a Downton Abbey. And uh, The Walking Dead has been renewed for a 10th season, although it may not have denied Guerrero in it because news has come out that she's leaving. I think AMC haven't actually said anything official. I don't know whether she's actually said anything, but certainly it's been reported everywhere that she's going to be leaving the show in the 10th season. She's going to be there for a few episodes in the same way that Andrew Lincoln was at the start of the 9th season, and uh, she will then disappear in some way. We're not going to talk too much about The Walking Dead because obviously we've got The Walking Dead podcast which me and Matt do, uh, that will be out on Wednesday because we're recording this on the Monday, so the show comes back tonight on uh, Fox in the UK. The third high-profile person to leave the show rather than being killed off in, in recent weeks. It seems like literally she's going to do the same thing that Rick did, which is uh, she'll be in the whole second half of this upcoming season, yeah. one that, that started this week, whatever. And then she'll probably be in, what, like three or five episodes or something of, of season 10 so they can write her out. The same, same that they literally she did with Rick and with Maggie as well and then she'll probably it sounds like she'll probably go off and join Rick in those movies and they'll have like a Quite not possibly, necessarily yeah. a rom-com but like um, they'll be joined they'll be fighting zombies together on the big or on, on the small screen or, or whatever because yeah. um, I assume those films are probably going to air on, on AMC yeah it, it's almost got to a point where like the more and more cast that leave this show like Carl and uh, I won't mention some of the others because some of them actually died yeah. um, but Maggie and, and Michonne and Rick the more of the big cast that, that tends to leave it's almost a case of like okay over to you AMC to see okay what what is your, your plan now that this other big big character has left how are you going to like fill their spot and their comic story and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff because like I said in the, in the preview podcast they have been very heavily being like okay we've had a bunch of characters leaving but here's the whispers like look, yeah, look Alpha's yeah. here Beta's here Beta's fighting Daryl look Daryl's here and it was funny, it's funny as well because I think was it yesterday I saw this this video on Facebook from them and it was uh, I can't remember exactly what it said but it was something like spend your Sunday night with Norman Reedus on The Walking Dead Talking Dead and ride with Norman Reedus because he was going to be <laughs> a guest on Talking Dead he was obviously going to be in The Walking Dead and ride with Norman Reedus is his show so it's essentially three hours of Norman Reedus which is good for marketing so, yeah. Some fans yeah. will be very, very happy about that. I mean, right. um, Norman, Norman and uh, uh, Melissa, who plays Carol, both of those are signed apparently for three seasons in an overall universe, Walking Dead universe deal. So yeah. even if the main show doesn't continue 
those two characters are signed on for three seasons. So they will either pop up in movies or they will pop up in the fear or, you know, so they, they will do something with those characters or they'll have to have their contracts paid off for three years, which is quite expensive for AMC to do if they don't <laughs> use those characters. So, um, yeah. so yeah, there, there's no fear of Daryl going anytime soon. He's no. around for at least another three years and some Melissa is around for at least another three years. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I, I do wonder how much Gimbal is kicking himself for killing off Carl at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I know? really think that if they if this had all happened before that they i'm sure I, I, they would yeah. have kept carl on so yeah because he would have yeah. been such a useful character yeah. and we'll have to wait and see what happens but uh, you know like i say don't want to go too much into the walking dead because we're going to be all talking right. about this over on the walking dead podcast on wednesday so uh, go and find that over at entertainmenttalk.org if you uh, want to go and listen to more walking dead stuff and us talking about walking dead so moving on to other bigger news batwoman has found its main villain for the pilot because as we know the dccw shows are piloting a batwoman series it's not guaranteed it's going to go to series although i rather suspect it will because they're pushing it quite hard rachel scarston is the person that has uh, they've cast as the villain and she's going to be playing a character called alice alice is described as leader of the wonderland gang a lewis carroll inspired group of villains she's somewhat like batwoman's joker described as swinging unpredictably between Mm. maniacal and charming and has made it her mission to undermine Gotham's sense of security. So yeah, I mean, she's kind of been pitched as a female Joker. She is a comic book character. She actually was created by Greg Rucker, who's a great writer, and J.H. Uh, Williams III. The TV version has been tweaked slightly, which is quite common for the DCCW shows because yeah. she is obviously inspired by Alice from Alice in Wonderland. That's the sort of background of it, although she has a very kind of jokery kind of look in the books she's a former high madam of the religion of crime in the tv show what they've done is they've borrowed the wonderland gang which is mainly associated with the mad hatter uh, jarvis tetch who is a main batman villain although in the books she kind of vehemently denies that she has any connection to him so it's interesting that they've kind of picked that up but it sort of makes sense you know because if you're gonna have a alice in wonderland inspired villain it makes sense to introduce the wonderland gang i think um yeah yeah so so i think that's a perfectly reasonable choice to make and it's not like they've used that anywhere else they had jarvis tetch on gotham but i don't think he's ever popped up in arrowverse so i don't think so i think that's that's a fairly decent change alice herself we do know her true identity in the comic books i won't give it away here although you can go and google the character there is a reason (laughs) there there is a reason particularly why they've used alice as the villain because of uh she is in the comic book she is also a villain of Batwoman there is a connection there which as I say I won't go into any detail on that but you can google the character and look it up if you want to know more about that interestingly Rachel Scarsden has been in a number of things including she was in uh, Lost Girl where she played Tasmin she played Elizabeth I in Rain Uh, she's also been in the DC show before she played Black Canary in the very short-lived Birds of Prey TV series back in the either early 2000s or 90s or whenever it was Uh, so she was in that as well Robert have, have talked about that a couple of times okay so, yeah it's yeah. not not something I ever saw but uh, she, she apparently was in that as well so you know this is a, the, doing what they do quite a lot in the Arrowverse is taking character people that have been in <laughs> older DC shows and recasting them so uh, I think that's that's kind of interesting yeah I'm pretty excited for this I'm a huge Batman fan and stuff and it's 
it's interesting to see the way that they've dealt with the Bat family, like on screen, because we just had Titans with Robin and the other Robin yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not very likely that we're going to get like a Batman TV series anytime soon. The next no. we'll probably see of Batman will be, it's unless it's before the Batman in 2021, something else. I don't know. But um, at least for this, it's their way of saying, okay, here's Batwoman and then you have Robin on Titans. There was other rumors of a Batgirl series somewhere, whether or not that will pick up steam in, in some way would, would be interesting. Mm. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, if they're introducing like villains that they haven't used before and stuff like that, and uh, putting them into the into the DC shows and changing them a little bit so that they're a bit more fresh for TV, but still keeping like I guess the core of their comic character, which is still very important to yeah. do, then that should work out quite well as well. I mean, they've done that with some uh, Walking Dead characters where they've like introduced them and they've been like slightly different or something. Yeah. Um, and it, and it still worked out quite well. Sometimes you have to do that for TV to make things just work a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought that Ruby Ruby Rose as, as Batwoman and the household thing was very good she wasn't in it for that long but what we saw of her i was i was quite impressed with so yeah, yeah I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this and plus they you know it'll be in the gotham city and, and all that kind of stuff and maybe they can like later introduce certain batman-ish characters well uh, i mean they, I they, they, there are some additional batman characters going in there because uh yeah. they've already uh, along with ruby rose cameras johnson who has been in luke cage is actually playing a character called luke fox who is the the son of of, um, is it Lucius Fox the guy that provides Batman with all his tech wizardry uh, yeah, so, yeah. so he's actually a comic book character and he plays somebody called Batwing so which okay. is basically a sort of high tech version of Batman essentially because he mm. hasn't got all the sort of you know skills that Batman has but he's got a high tech bat suit essentially so he's a really interesting character of a way of kind of getting a Batman in there without Batman being in there um, <laughs> yeah. you've got uh, Megan Tandy from Team Wolf she is playing Cake's girlfriend who is uh, I think is a soldier and uh, Nicole Kang who's in You she's playing Kate's stepsister Mary uh, and again those characters have slightly been tweaked from the comic books but uh, I, I think you know it's a solid kind of cast around her. As we said, this is still only a pilot. There is no guarantee this is going to get picked up, but they generally do. The only one that's kind of slipped away from them was Sabrina, and that's because Netflix offered more money for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I suspect the CW will want to keep this on the CW because it is established as connected to the Arrowverse. Whereas yeah, she's Sabrina already been is, in there, so... Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, they're, they're not really... They, it makes more sense for this to be on the CW. So I suspect they'll they'll pick this up but uh, we'll mm-hmm. have to wait and I, see I still wonder how they're going to schedule them all because this is their sixth is it their sixth one something like that but I mean yeah. they've, they've moved so. things around quite a lot this year and we know they've all been renewed they've moved them around quite a bit this year uh, with Legends getting booted into April which is why it's not coming back at the same time as everything else mm-hmm. so um, very much looking forward to this so I, I hope they uh, they do pick it up over on Fox in the US they've ordered a pilot as well this is called Next and it comes from 24's Manny Kota it's described as a propulsive fact-based thriller grounded in the latest AI research show follows a brilliant but paranoid former tech CEO who joins a Homeland cybersecurity agent and her team to stop the world's first artificial intelligent crisis. The emergence of an rogue AI with the ability to continually self-improve. So, um, yeah, I, I think this sounds like it could be quite interesting. It uh, goes on to say, uh, marrying action with a layered examination of how technology is invading our lives and transforming us in 
ways we don't yet understand. The series mm. also introduces a villain that we've never seen before and one whose greatest weapon against us is ourselves. I quite like the idea of this. I mean, we have seen some things with kind of intelligent AI things in there, like um, Person of Interest, like arguably had a had an AI in it. I still need to go and watch that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that sort of had had an AI in it. I don't think it was quite as front and center. Certainly at the beginning, that okay. it sounds like it is in this, and it wasn't necessarily evil. But Manny Koto apparently wrote the script on spec, so it was it was something that he just wrote and then gave out to studios to see if anybody was interested in. Um, hmm. He's somebody that isn't any stranger to action or sci-fi because nope. he, he was involved, obviously, in the 24 franchise. He was involved with 24 Legacy. He was a co-creator of 24 Legacy, was a writer on 24. He's previously worked on Star Trek. Uh, he he wrote the better seasons of Star Trek Enterprise. So he was brought in sort of about halfway through that run when it started to improve. So um, he knows the sort of sci-fi elements of things. Uh, he's written episodes of The Outer Limits and uh, also created the brilliant but very short-lived uh, Odyssey 5 series as well, which was a great little sci-fi show that got cancelled way too early. I think he's an interesting writer. I think this this sounds like an interesting prospect. It's, it is only a pilot again at the moment, so we don't know whether it's it's going to go any further than that. But uh, I thought this sounded like quite a good thing moving forward. Well, if you have the DNA of the action of 24, which uh, mm. if, in case some of you don't know, 24 is my favourite show of, of all time, at least at the moment. You know, yeah. other shows could come along, but uh, very unlikely that something would beat that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if it has the DNA of the action of 24, obviously you've got Manico himself in there um, writing and uh, and doing whatever. And maybe you add like a, a tech angle and that sort of stuff. That could yeah. be very interesting. And obviously I, I trust him because, you know, yeah. He was involved with my favourite show. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give this a chance, sure. Speaking of 24, actually, there was a couple of little bits of news that came out. You might remember if you've listened to some of the other shows that they were developing a couple of 24 spin-off series. Mm. They apparently are not moving forward with either of the ideas they came up with. The first one was from showrunner Howard Gordon working with the original series co-creators Joel Cernow and Bob Cochran to develop a Jack Bauer origin story series. So it's it basically... A young Jack Bauer series in the same way that the the Amazon show was a young Jack Ryan series. It would have been Jack yeah. Bauer in the early days at CTU and how he sort of ended up where he was and, and that sort of stuff. I think that sounded like an, an interesting idea, but they've obviously decided that they're not going to go with that. The other possibility was an anthology format where the cast and situation would change each season, but it uses the 24-hour clock, ticking clock kind of format. So they were saying that it could be uh, one of the ideas they were looking at was a female-led legal drama where a lawyer is battling over 24 hours to save the life of a death row inmate from execution. So that was the other sort of idea that they were looking at of, of like taking the 24 format and applying it to other situations rather than just the terrorism story. Mm -hmm. uh, that idea came from uh, Howard Gordon, Brian Grazer, who were execs on the main show, and the killing writer-producer Jeremy Donner. So uh, that also is now not happening. The statement from the Fox Entertainment CEO said, power of these franchises not to be toyed with. And 24 was an iconic moment in television. And when and if we bring it back, we want it to be because the creators and writers feel they have the right story to tell. They can honour the franchise and studio and the network feel the same way. Uh, I'd be very open and willing to work with Howard and everybody else, but nothing new to report. So, I mean, it, it sounds like that these ideas aren't going anywhere, but 
they're not discounting something relating to 24 popping up in the future. I mean, now that Designated Survivor is a 10-episode series rather than the, like, 22-episode series does technically give Kiefer a bit more time. Maybe they could... Don't tease me like that. Don't do that. Maybe they could could talk him into doing Uh, like a couple of TV movies, you know, like the... uh, What what was it? Redemption. Redemption, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could talk him into doing something like 24 (laughs) Redemption as a a sort of one-off thing to go back to that character. But, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. If there was news that popped up that Kiefer was returning to 24 in in any way I would be ecstatically happy yeah. but uh, out of these ideas I, I don't know about the legal drama if that would have worked um, although there was some fun theories when when that was first pitched what, two years ago I want to say that the that the inmate was going to be Tony um, right, and, yeah, it w- yeah. and it would have been post uh, the season seven stuff. So that would have been a fun way to, to do that. But obviously that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't connect that 2024 20, characters, like if it didn't have Tony, that I don't really think that would have worked because you can't really just say, OK, here's the 24 clock and you can put it in something because yeah. um, they have a similar clock in. Uh, I think it's 24 hours in, in A&E or something like that. Right, yeah. And sure, you still have the time format, but you have to still make the story related to 24 in some way to call it. 24 um the jack bauer prequel even though that's not kiefer i would uh, obviously have watched a uh, jack bauer prequel um yeah I, d- I did actually do a very short i think it was like 13 minutes or so a little podcast on these two news pieces but um it's just going to be the case of waiting and, and seeing what kiefer wants to do as well because if he if he sees this and obviously he he knows what's what's going on i'm sure he's like tuned in and that sort of stuff and being told but i think it's just going to be the case of either you do something else that's new or you just wait for Kiefer to come back yeah. and as I said in the thing as well um, he's what like 52 so I said like okay he's not getting any younger so like you need to do something in the next reasonably the next three to five years roughly um, yeah and sure you can you don't have to have Jack constantly constantly like jumping over tables and that sort of stuff no. um, he can still perfectly like take cover and shoot and do all the other jet bar things that he does um, he's not like hanging off the side of planes and stuff no, like that no, and, no. Doing, and doing crazy stunts patiently waiting so yeah I mean if they could uh, one, one way to do it would be to vi- devise some way to get Jack Bauer back and maybe hand off to somebody younger so you give that lineage to somebody else which is kind of what they maybe should have done with Legacy if they could have got Kiefer to come back and do a few bits to be able to kind of put that lineage like forward I don't know I mean we'll, we'll wait and see hopefully they'll they'll come back and something from the 24 franchise will emerge at some point yeah I didn't know that Disney as well was going to be 10 episodes I thought it might be like 13 or so I think, it, I I think it's 10 if I remember okay. but yes but yeah if they can if they can even get like a 24 film or something with Jack and you, you just need one more like story arc to wrap his story up basically because the ending for him being in a Russian jail, that's not an ending that no, no. you, you, you want to see. That's, yeah. that's an ending for a villain. So Yeah, yeah. you want to yeah. um, see them get him back somehow, don't yeah. you? We just have to patiently wait, which yes. I've been doing since 2014 anyway. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, yeah. if they could if they could work out a way of getting him back and maybe a, a sort of some prisoner exchange of information to get him back and then have them debrief Jack. So all he's basically going to do is sit in a room and then have younger agents actually do the work. You could maybe, <laughs> maybe do it that way. I think the other thing to do is sort out Jack in, in some way, whatever you're going to do. Um, I'd be very happy to see a Kate 
series. Kate was played by Yvonne Strahovski. And oh, I yeah, talked yeah. about that in the in the other podcast that I did. But no, she was essentially like a not quite as developed, obviously. She already had, she only had twelve episodes as opposed to like nine seasons. So you can't really compare it in that way. But she was kind of like a young female Jack in, in yeah, some yeah. ways. You could sort of see some of that in, in her. So yeah. maybe you could do that. Yeah. But she's doing a handmaid's tale right now. So Yeah. But again, that's not exactly a long series, so Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, moving on, the last story we have this week, FX have ordered a series called Why, that is the letter Y, based on the comic book Why the Last Man. They've handed out a series order to this. It's one that we mentioned before. It's uh, based on the Brian K. Vaughan and Pierre Guerrera uh, comic book Why the Last Man. Follows the story of Yorick Brown, the last male human survivor of a planet-wide plague that simultaneously kills every mammal possessing a Y chromosome. This event not only kills every men, but causes disaster worldwide such as cars crashing plunging planes out of the sky as their male pilots drop dead also killing millions of women and children across the globe the planet descends into a post-apocalyptic nightmare Yorick accompanied by a mysterious government agent a brilliant young geneticist and his pet monkey called Ampersand travel the world in search of his lost love and answer to why he is the last man on earth I don't know the comic book particularly but I know it's got some, a, a lot of fans out there the castle announced for it is Diane Lane who uh, you'll know from a million things but Man of Steel is probably the most recent one she's okay. in the cast Barry Conan who was in Dunkirk Imogen Poots who was in 28 Weeks Later Lashana Lynch who was in, in Captain Marvel Julian Canfield who's in Succession Marine Island who was brilliant in Sneaky Pete and Amber Tamberlin who was in Two and a Half Men so uh, that's the the cast the show comes from Michael Green, who was involved in the first season of American Gods. Ada Coral, who was involved with Luke Cage. They are co-showmen as exact producers. And he's got some good people behind it. It's got a solid cast with it. I'm I'm quite interested to see this. It's sort of going to be a very female-led post-apocalyptic show. And uh, it's the sort of thing that FX do pretty well in the US. Mm. Set to premiere during the 2020 season, so we're not going to see it for a while yet. As right. we mentioned a few weeks ago, FX now has a carriage deal with the BBC, which much like HBO does with Sky Atlantic, so that means any new FX show for the next sort of five years should come on. I think it's, a, it's either a three or five year deal should come on to the BBC at some point. So this will be on probably BBC too. So I rather like the sound of this. I think, I think it could be kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it might be interesting. And like, obviously fans of the comic book will be like, obviously eagerly watching this or, or seeing how they adapt things. Cause I know that side of things from walking dead to see how yes. things get adapted. I feel like I see this title a lot, the last man or the last man on earth or the last man standing or right, those yeah. sorts of things. Very um, different shows, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with the comic book either, but uh, if it has good ideas and it adapts forward and pleases those fans as well as brings in new people, then they would have done their job. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. interesting they've shortened the title for, to Why from Why the Last Man. And maybe that's because of the, the amount mm. of shows that have the last man in it. But, uh, right. they, start, but they need to start distinguishing themselves. Yes. But, yeah. but the letter Y as a TV series title is going to make it hell to search for when you're trying to find information but uh, anyway <laughs> yeah, uh, that... yeah a lot of things will come up probably so uh, unlike the previous yeah. two things we talked about that has actually been given a series order so uh, that is definitely coming so that's all the news we have for this week next we have an interview this mother's day treat mom to healthy glowing skin with osea's limited edition skincare sets 
Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. So the interview this week, it's interesting talking about Carl Pilkington earlier because this is somebody who mm. knows Carl reasonably well because the interview is with Vic Sharma, who some of you may know if you listen to Steve Merchant's uh, Sunday Afternoon Six Music Show, which was I think it's been off air for a few years, but Vic was a contributor to that show. You have probably also heard his music because he does the music for An Idiot Abroad, Moaning Life, Hello Ladies, Undatables, mm. Mary Queen of Frocks, and a whole bunch of other British TV shows as well. The latest gig that he was given was composing the music for Stephen Merchant and Dwayne Johnson's new film called Fight With My Family. This follows the true story of an English professional wrestler, Soraya Page Bevis, growing up from a household of professional wrestlers to compete in the WWE Divas Championship in 2014. It's a really interesting story. It's basically a comedy. It's I think it's written and directed by Stephen Merchant as well, which is sort of how Vic is involved because he's done a lot of those shows. What's interesting is the score to help him out with the score Vic enlisted some top English talent including the legendary Belur guitarist Graeme Coxon and Jason Cooper who's probably best known as the drummer for The Cure we talk a little bit about working with Stephen again dealing with his first feature uh, all that sort of stuff and about the film as well so uh, here's the interview with Vic Sharma we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> It's lovely to have you on to talk about your your new film, Thank you. which has uh, just launched at Sundance. It's called Fighting with My Family. Um, it's got got some pretty favourable reviews from Sundance as well, by the looks of things. So uh, that's all good. Launches here on the twenty seventh of February and fourteenth uh, of February in the United States. So interesting Valentine's movie, I guess, for the US people. Yeah, you know. it's written and directed by Stephen Merchant. It's got Drain the Rock Johnson as an executive producer. Uh, I, I'm guessing. The the reason that you're involved is through your connection with Stephen because you've done lots of stuff with Stephen before yeah we were um we were watching uh football at a pub <laughs> not something that either of us tend to do but Wales were playing at the Euros England were out so right. obviously you know next best thing yeah and um you know he he sort of just mentioned he was doing a film about wrestling and it was going to be produced by The Rock and if it was possible for me to arch an eyebrow at that point, I certainly would have done. But, you know, and he said, you know, are you interested? And, you know, of course I'm interested. Uh, he sent, uh, and then he sent me the script and the script was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it just having read a few yeah. uh, the comedy scripts. The great thing about Stephen's scripts is that they just, they really just sing off the page and, and they are insta laugh out loud funny. He's a kind of film historian and a lover of film. So, you know, the inclusion of sort of like, you know, single take tracking shots and match cuts and all of these kind of little things, which are just suggested to me that it, 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 this was going to be sort of like quite an imaginative take as well as being laugh out loud funny. So, you know, I was immediately in, yeah, immediately out for it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing for him to pick as a subject as well. Uh, just the, the sort of <laughs> WWE, a real life story of a WWE female wrestler. Um, I know, yeah. Just, just is kind of, I mean, I know everyone 
everything from Stephen is kind of left of field. But I mean, this really, yeah. really does seem to. I mean, out of everything he could have written a film about, this, this. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. Or is it? Because <laughs> you know, run with this uh, with me for a while. Uh, this is the story about a person from uh, humble beginnings who lives in the regions of the United Kingdom. Yeah who, through the strength of their own talent, tries to make it in the United States and sort of goes through the process of trying to find themselves until ultimately realizing that all of those things that they thought were were going to hold them back were actually key to their transformation and success. Yeah. That's the story of Paige in the film Fighting With My Family, but it's also kind of Stephen's story too. Yeah, I so guess. I'm, uh, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, so it doesn't really surprise me that he kind of he felt a connection with the character and with the person, and he feels sort of like he feels very connected with her and her story. So, yeah, uh, it's sort of like I think on the on the face of it, a weird one. But then also, you know, if the rock calls, <laughs> yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Say no, forget it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's it's an opportunity to do for everyone involved, and on everyone on everyone who is sort of in the Brit involved in this side, the UK side, it was an opportunity to get involved in a little bit of Hollywood glamour, I guess. Um, and so we didn't. Uh, none of us said no. None of us turned our back on it or turned our noses up at the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the music though where do you start with something like this well it was a bit of a journey to get where we needed to be you know Stephen started with the classic I'm not sure what I want <laughs> so just just keep sending me stuff until I say yes which is obviously uh it's the it's the worst possible thing a yeah. composer could hear yeah. um, but what he said was initially was that you know I don't I know I want it to be guitar led I want the guitar, guitar to be the kind of like the principal instrument so th that gives us a few clues but unfortunately you know guitar music is so varied yeah yeah um and there's such a huge amount to choose from you know you've got like 80s rock ACDC Motley Crue really got heavy metal but then there's like what kind of heavy metal black death mm. folk alternative and then there's the blues and then you've got stuff like post rock like mogwai or sigur ross and, and all that kind of stuff so there's a huge amount of stuff to, that you can kind of choose from so the pre-production was all about me sort of like throwing him this stuff and saying well what about this and what about this and what about this and kind of eventually we both landed on the idea of punk british punk particularly but kind of raw and edgy and kind of diy and a little bit unfinished, which kind of lent itself to the character of Paige and her family. Right, yeah, yeah. Was that sort of what lent you towards roping in people like uh, Graham Coxon to join you on it as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, having heard my guitar playing, Stephen said, I think we need to get... <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a new guitar. No, he said, let's get an A-list guitar player. So he'd heard, he'd heard this score that um, Johnny Marr had done with uh, Hans Zimmer. Right, yeah. And I don't think the score necessarily appealed, but he liked the idea of that kind of alchemy of uh, a kind of composer working with an established contemporary musician. Yeah. And we knew that we wanted to do punk or have, it, have a rawness and an edginess to it. And in the beginning, I'd already brought on board um, Jason Cooper from The Cure. Yeah. We had met and he had sort of like expressed an interest in moving into sort of like composition. And, you know, obviously I, I refrained from roping him into obsessive compulsive country house rescue <laughs> or whatever project I was working on at the time. And I thought, well, just hold that thought. 
and yeah. let's wait until something more interesting comes along. This came along and he was like, yeah, I'm into it. And, you know, and obviously the cure kind of comes from the, the new wave, which was brought about from the revolution of punk in the late 70s anyway. Mm. And so we already had him on board and I had an opportunity, believe it or not, I mean, I'd, I'm in North London, Graham's in North London and I'd seen him about. <laughs> um, sort of guitar hero spotted. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I managed to sort of get hold of his phone number and and, uh, and said, look, do you want to meet for a coffee? And I pitched it to him over coffee. And he was like, yeah, I'm well up for it. Because at the time, he was just kind of towards the end of finishing the end of the effing world. Right, uh, yeah. The, the Channel 4 thing, yeah. the Netflix original. So he had already sort of made that, or was already looking in that direction. So he was well up for it. So before you know it, I had, I kind of had this, I had assembled this super group. <laughs> um, and um, the great thing about Graham is he's, he has this encyclopedic knowledge about punk and he loves punk music, loves British punk music. So I was just able to draw upon that. He's an incredible improviser so you know he, he came into the studio i've got this little tiny writer's room as you navigate your way past tuna eating sort of homeless people <laughs> you you come in he would just plug his guitar in and he would just go i'd sort of like i'd write the demos and have them laid across picture and just hit the play button and he would just give me sort of like 20 or 30 takes wow. it was it was amazing. I mean, you know, when he came in, he sort of picked up my knackered old acoustic guitar and immediately started playing Tender. And I was like, look, steady on, Vic. Keep it together here. Do you know what I mean? But it's sort yeah. of like, you know, working with your heroes, you, you, you kind of, you can't allow yourself to sort of, you know, get overwhelmed you've just got to kind of f keep focused <laughs> yeah uh, and, and then before you know it you know i was just bossing him about and <laughs> you know, telling him what to do and he was completely open to it so it was a great working relationship really that's that's good because i mean like you say he's composed stuff himself as well so you do wonder whether that's that's going to work when you've got two of you in the room and he's graham coxon <laughs> yeah no he but i mean i think we got on well immediately yeah and the the thing that always kind of like uh, blew me away really was the fact that I would play this music to people like Jason and uh, other members of The Cure and Graham and they were like oh it's great and it was sort of completely blew me away they were yeah. into it they were into the vibe and were happy for and you know being a composer is yes it's the writing of it but, you know, there's a lot of painstaking work as well, you know, making it fit to picture, making sure the tempo's right, you know, mapping all of it. And then having to liaise with the director and doing a lot of Skype calls and, and a lot of that kind of the diplomacy of working for film production which I think that he was happy to avoid, yeah. frankly. And he was just he was just able to come in, plug in, and just play like a maniac. And then I would <laughs> sort of like I, I I would sort out the rest really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just always good. What once you decided on the sound for it, how involved was was Stephen in the process? What sort of notes were you getting back? And was he just sort of prepared to just let you go with it, or was he kind no. of playing with stuff? He's he's very hands on. I mean, I'd worked with him. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. uh, I'd worked with him on, firstly, on an, an India Abroad, we'd worked together. And yeah. I didn't actually, I mean, he was executive producing it, but, um, you know, he actually cut some of the first series. Um, right. And so he had an opportunity to work with my music firsthand. And he just texted me and said, yeah, I quite like your music. It's, it's good. It's really, it really works. And I'd done another, a number of other projects and he had sort of said that he, he had liked it. And so I knew from experience that, you know, this was 
he was a very he's a very hands-on he loves music mm. he's not a musician himself but he's a real uh you know obviously six music he you know he's a he's a former radio dj so yeah. he's consumed a lot of music and so yeah he i initially sort of pitched something completely different <laughs> so <laughs> you know the idea of having a stripped down guitar led things you know he was the one who encouraged me to say look just leave it all behind just play through a se- scenes with an acoustic guitar don't worry about you know movie scores have to sort of rely on something called a click track so yeah 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 uh, he said don't worry about it you know we'll just we'll just make it really rough and ready because it really lends itself to to the character so mm. but he's really attuned in to making the music work for characterizations and and within the scene so yeah he's really hands-on but it, he but he's a wonderful collaborator he he's incredibly diplomatic and very careful with how he communicates he's incredibly encouraging yeah it's, it's a joy working with him as the creative sort of relationship really works i think you've done a number of tv shows as you mentioned there idiot abroad Moaning life uh hello ladies hoff the record um, the Jack Whitehall series travels with my father. Is this actually your first feature? I mean, you've yeah. done documentaries, so this is the first time you've actually had to handle a, a full feature. How was that leap? Better, worse? Because I know the time pressures tend to be quite bad on TV shows sometimes. So was this sort of a bit easier or worse or just different? I'd done um, Hello Ladies the movie for uh, yeah, HBO, but that wasn't, um, you know, obviously a cinematic release, but a lot of the kind of the elements, the the movie making elements were in place. But I mean, making a movie, there's just the stakes are much higher, mm. you know, and there's much further to fall. And it's far more, it's sort of more terrifying <laughs> in every respect. But you also have greater scope. You do have a little bit more time in terms of pre-production to nail sound and you have more budget to have kind of accomplished players come on board. You also have budget to make sure that it sounds right and the production is good and to record in the best studios so yeah but it could have been far more terrifying than it was i mean you know luckily yeah. i had i had steven so he was sort of like everything filtered through him so he kind of like he put he, he protected me in a way from a lot of the stuff that you know a lot of the kind of feedback that you could get from you know people in the senior production team the studio all of that kind of stuff it all just filtered through steven and right. and he so he he sort of protected me from that and so the relationship between he and I with Graham on board as well and then with Jason when we when we recorded in the studio it was just a very 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 tight-knit kind of relationship it's good what was the most challenging thing for you putting this together? I guess it was ultimately nailing that sound, you know. Yeah. Um, because we threw, I threw a lot of ideas <laughs> at it before we finally nailed it. And I remember in pre-production, I sent uh, Stephen, um, must have sent him like 30 demos, <laughs> just as like a batch of demos. And it was sort of like, well, look, okay, look, look, you, wanna, you want rock, let's kind of, I'll send you a few examples that I had written. Mm. Yeah, everything from sort of like, you know, ACDC all the way to sort of like you know post-rock and uh, he never got back to me I thought oh my he must he must think this is rubbish and like you know I was sort of I was terrified and then I had a chance to speak to him and he said oh I never got that email um, and it just went, must it just went straight to junk do you know what I mean 30 tracks and wow. I assume he still hasn't listened to them <laughs> Um, so basically it's a lot of work trying to sort of like try and try and identify the sound because you know rock and punk it's so easy to fall into cliche 
Yeah. And it's so easy to, to fall into, it, like it's making fun of itself or something, you know. Um, yeah. As you know from Stephen's work, his characterizations are, are quite serious. Mm. I mean, it's a serious business for him, draw, you know, building up the characters and drawing the characters. That was the most complicated thing, tr- trying to sort of like, you know, nail that sound. And in the end, it was just about stripping it away, more and more of it away until we were left, you know, with a very, very basic sound. So there's no strings, no piano, no keyboard, nothing. It's just sort of like... It's just guitars, bass, drum. Wow, really interesting. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the film because it looks really funny. Uh, yeah. The 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 clip, particularly of of when they the kids meet the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, that scene looks hilarious. So I'm looking forward to seeing that comes out. Oh, now, now this is done. Have you got anything else coming up that you want to talk about? At the moment, I'm writing uh, an album of um, it's music to design designed to help you to relax. So oh. working. Working title is Everybody Effing Chill. <laughs> and I just feel like the time's right, you know? Yeah. And in, in, in this sort of miserable, mixed up world we live in, when we're on the verge of kind of ecological collapse and standing on the precipice of all kinds of uh, things, yeah. I, I, I just I've sort of made this music. I'm writing this music, which is sort of like designed to just totally chill you out. So it's sort of like, it's like ambient. And what I've done is I've record ele- recorded elements of it. And it's known as binaural recording or binaural recording. So basically it's like a 3D, right, 3D yeah, yeah. recording. So what you'll do is you'll sort of like, you'll put on the headphones and you'll have a sense that you're listening to the music sort of like in the middle of a forest or by the beach. Yeah. And sort of like, so it'll be a kind of transportive kind of uh, listening experience. So that's what I'm working on right now. Awesome. Awesome. That You've got to keep that title as well. I think that's released. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the last couple of questions that we always ask the, the guests, so they're always the same. First question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, well, I'm watching um, Russian Dolls on Netflix at the moment. Is it Russian Doll? Russian, Russian Doll, Dolls. yeah. Yeah. So then Natasha Lyonne and really enjoying her performance. It's great, that show. I mean, she's single-handedly bringing smoking back to the mainstream. <laughs> she's no. at- it's so appealing. Um, I know, you know, but I mustn't. But no. uh, yes, that's fabulous. And saw it a while back, but I loved Succession. Yes. As Great well, series. I thought it was absolutely fa- uh, fantastic. And the score as well by Nicholas Brutal, I thought was yeah. was spectacular. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed that. And Wild Wild Country, you know, oh, the, yeah. uh, the Netflix show about an Indian cult. Mm. That was also something that I really enjoyed too. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV, TV show past, present or future, not one that you've worked on, which show would it be? I mean, probably The Sopranos. <laughs> you know, may as well just aim for the top. Oh, well, yeah, right? no, why not? Just go straight in there like a bullet. The Sopranos. I love um, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, I love that kind of surf guitar stuff. It's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Um, Graham actually knew that guy, but absolutely wonderful. So, you know, any sort of Vince again slash The Sopranos, that kind of vibe, I'm totally in. Well, they've got a Sopranos like prequel movie coming. Maybe you could kind of edge your way in there. Like, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you you always you always want to, and then it turns out that some astonishingly gifted <laughs> uh, person is involved, and you have to doff your hat and 
say yes, of course. Yes, yes, I, I would. I would work with him too. Yes, yeah, so. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if the original Sopranos composers are around, but I imagine they've probably gone back to the same guy. Yeah, that would make sense. Awesome. Well, been lovely to to chat with you. I'm looking forward to the film coming out because it looks really funny. Come back on next time you're doing something, and uh, we'll chat I will about do. that. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for the invitation. Cheers. Take care, man. Nice to talk to you. Cheers, Vic. Right. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Vic Sharma. Fighting with my family is out in cinemas in a couple of weeks, I think. So uh, go and check your local listings for your, your cinema to see where you can go and find it. But uh, there are trailers and stuff up online. Go and look at them because it looks very, very funny, if, especially if you're a fan of The Rock because The Rock plays The Rock in the, the film as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, go, go and check it out. Now we move on to some high Highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week on TV. Uh, interesting bunch of shows we have coming up. It's obviously Valentine's Day, so it's always interesting <laughs> to uh, to see what drops on Valentine's Day. If you um, want to go on to Stars Play, season two of the show Harlots is coming out on the 14th of February. If you want to spend your Valentine's Day watching a show about 18th century brothel owners. Um, the <laughs> Harlots, you will probably remember it was on ITV Encore. ITV Encore doesn't actually exist as a channel anymore and ITV decided not to move it anymore anywhere else so uh, it's now on stars play they're releasing the second season i think the third season is coming fairly soon as well but 14th of february if you want to go and find that stars play is the add-on channel that you can get through amazon prime i think it's 4.99 a month if you want to go and get that siren season two so if you want to watch a show about murderous mermaids on valentine's day that's 14th of february at 9 p.m yes that's the one about the mermaid in which the arrival of a mysterious girl proves local folklore about mythical sea people turn out to be all too true Netflix have gone with Dirty John, which is coming on the 14th of February. That's a scripted true crime anthology series. Eric Banner and Connie Britton, I think, star in this. So, I've seen it for a while. Yeah, yeah. no. Not, since Nashville. Since Nashville. Uh, she, yeah. she popped up in the first season of 911 as well. But, um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, for, it's called Dirty John. It's sort of a twisted love story. Uh, it's based on a true crime podcast. So it's another one a bit like Serial earlier where they... They, you know, it's, it's but this is a scripted drama based on a true crime podcast. Uh, but that okay. is coming on the fourteenth of February as well. That that looks like it. Could I might check that. Yeah, so could, could see, be one worth watching. To that. Umbrella Academy that's arriving Ooh. on the fifteenth of February. We've been talking about this for a while. Live action adaptation of the Dark Horse comic about a dysfunctional family of superheroes. This looks kind of interesting. It's sort of a family drama about a a bunch of heroes that were brought together as kids by this sort of mad scientist. They've all got very his different powers they they when he eventually dies they all come back for his funeral and end up having to re-team up even though the lot of them don't really like each other very much so um it's it looks like it's gonna be really good fun 15th of february for yeah. that it's called the umbrella it's got uh, ellen page in it yeah ellen page yeah. is one of the one of the kids obviously grown up but yeah robot chicken walking dead special which i believe is called look who's walking that's coming to e4 on the 15th of february at 1105 I mean, I adore Robot Chicken. The Walking Dead specialised one that I've been very much looking forward to. So we'll yeah. have to go and see that. If you've not seen Robot Chicken, it's all kind of stop 
motion animation. Yeah, I like that style. And okay, yeah. it's it's just brilliant. The Star Wars ones are absolutely hilarious. Uh, so I've seen the, one of the uh, one of the DC ones. That yes, was pretty funny. yeah, the DC yeah. ones are great as well. Really, really mm. funny. And they've now done a Walking Dead special, so that yeah. is going to be on the eleven oh five on the fifteenth of February on E four. And you'll have uh, Rick back. You'll have Michonne back, Maggie back, Carl back, and yeah, yeah, well, yeah, a lot, so. a lot of them. I think uh, Andrew Norman. They've all done voices for it. So mm-hmm. um, prior to that, Rick and Morty is airing first season of that. So if you've not, yeah. that, that's on. I think at ten. So if you've not seen the first season of Rick and Morty, go and watch that on there. Uh, they're also on the fifteenth. They're dropping a whole bunch of the Adult Swim content is going to be on Awful. So there will be a whole plethora of Adult Swim stuff on Awful. So go and check that out as well. 17th of February at 8pm, Top Gear returns to BBC Two. So this was the last season with the current lineup of Matt LeBlanc, Chris Harris and Rory Reid before that gets switched out again because Matt's leaving. Baptiste, which is the spin-off from The Missing, that's arriving on BBC One on the 17th of February at 9pm. I remember The Missing. That hasn't been on for a couple of years. No. Well, this is, yeah. go- this is kind of a spin-off. Taking, I think it takes one of the characters and kind of folds it into okay. a new story. Over on Channel 4, opposite that, you've got Traitors, which is a new spy thriller from the award-winning playwright and screenwriter Bash Duran. Stars Emma Appleton and uh, Keely Hawes. I think it's a historical spy thriller, I seem to remember this. So uh, 17th of February at 9pm for that, and that's called Traitors. And lastly, we have Last Week Tonight with John Oliver returning for its sixth season on Sky Atlantic on the 18th of February at 10 past 10. Um, I love, love this show. It's one of the best ones out there in terms of those sort of weekly political kind of series. Uh, He's hilarious as well. So uh, that's well, well worth watching Last Week Tonight and that's on the 18th of February on Sky Atlantic at 10 past 10. So that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to mention. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at eTalk UK that's obviously of course where I also uh, post the articles and stuff that they get posted as well and uh, yeah we've got lots of stuff going on at the moment and uh, yeah the DC show is also back soon so me and Robert are going to be be doing those so that should be some fun as well yeah and uh, you can of course from this week check out the Walking Dead podcast which will be on entertainmenttalk.org that you can uh, go and follow along weekly because we will be back doing that every Wednesday mm-hmm. for us if you want to find more information throughout the week go to geektown.co.uk UK, you can find all the latest news and air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.